It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to a new season of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler, and on this show I am joined by Tony Anderson. Hello, Craig. Hello, how's it going? Grand, grand, we're back, we're off. It's been a hard day, if I'm being fair. Um, I was out yesterday and then it's just been too hot today, so I was working with an ice pack on my head. <laughs> uh, that, um, so I've been doing that all day because it was just... You know when you've been drinking all weekend, when it starts to come out, you overheat anyway. And it was like 25 degrees outside. So that couple trying to concentrate wasn't the best. So I was just having to sit and place cold items around me. I was um, still I was still a wee bit hungover for Saturday. Not too bad. Uh, I wasn't too bad yesterday either. I still managed to uh, make it out of my bed and go to Tynecastle to cover the Inverness game. Uh, so it was fine. I was a Did you have fun hungover. at Tynecastle? Um... No. <laughs> was there, was, how, how many fans were in? Uh, no, the, well, it was 3,000. The fans were all right. Uh, the team wasn't too bad. I mean, Hearts missed a lot of chances. They should have won by more. Um, a lot of fans more than they managed to get the, the two-goal cushion they needed to get unseeded. And then, obviously, drew Celtic as a result of that. But they should have won by more. Like, Mark Richards made about three really good saves. Hearts hit the post twice in the space of, like, three seconds. Um and yeah, the, the, it, was, it should have it should have been a more comfortable victory. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was that my my work laptop stopped working about halfway through the first half. I think I'm a bit overheated. Uh, the com- in combination of the heat and those ridiculous, uh, stupid uh, plastic boxes that they have around the press areas at Tidecastle to keep from the rain normally. But instead, it just obviously turned into a fucking greenhouse in front of me, and my, my work laptop didn't like this. I didn't like that. Uh, so yeah, you're having so, a lot of trouble with with laptops. I have, I have, I have, I've got, I've got Salsa my, Gate. Now we've got overheating gate. 
I've got my I've got my pride and joy back again. So everyone's fine on that front. <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't even actually check my Chromebook today to see if it's working again. I just got the Mac out and used that for work instead. But yeah, I was a wee bit hungover the day, so I uh, right, well still a wee bit still not hungover, but still feeling it a bit from from Saturday. And I just went outside. Yeah, I went outside for like for like twenty minutes. Uh, uh, through so I've, I've recently built the basketball net in my. In oh, my have you done it? Right. That is exciting. That is right. exciting, Craig. I was thrown up from shots earlier. I was absolutely pissing with sweat after like twenty yeah. minutes. <laughs> we could. Um, that is that has got a drunken afternoon written all over it with some ridiculous bets uh, going on. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, the world's, worst, the world's worst game of horse. <laughs> ah, yeah, I would like them. Can they, they film it? There's some, there's some Patreon content for you right there. Um, people have seen White Man Can't Jump. They can now see Fat Man Can't Jump. Uh, <laughs> and White Man Can't Jump either. Because <laughs> yes. uh, I can't yeah, jump. I'm, 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 to be fair, six foot one is quite... You have to be quite really... Because I've set it up for NBA uh, like level. Of course you fucking have one. Why can't we just have fun, Craig? Why does it have to be regulation size in your garden? <laughs> I, I can bring it down. Uh, if there's a few of us playing, I can bring it down so we can have some a bit more fun. Uh, but no, if I'm practicing myself, I'm just throwing it up myself. I want to know what I can actually do. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind one day actually going to play. If, if there's anybody in Edinburgh who plays basketball, I don't know if that's a thing, but I presume there's some sort of five or six. Five or six. It's always every basketball. Every <laughs> basketball is five or six. <laughs> Um, there used to be, it was popular when I was younger, I played a bit with the Sunny D three on three, which was at uh, sort of Meadow Bank. They used to do, I used to play, I played that a few times. I played for the school basketball team, Craig, I don't know if you know that. One right. time, one time, uh, a boy that was in a form class, Rab Murphy, uh, he scored an own basket. <laughs> so uh, and people, anyone, anyone who knows basketball, that is so difficult. So he came on as sub and then took the ball, ran unopposed the wrong way, and then put it in the net. <laughs> uh, what people screaming? No, no! What are you doing? He didn't. He didn't care. He didn't play by the bloody rules. Um, oh, there's a blast of the past, Rab. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, <laughs> congratulations on the basket. Yeah. Own basket. Hope life, hope, life, hope life turned out for you, all right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I imagine there is. I imagine there may be some three-on-three three three stuff or right. something to get involved in. Because you want pure amateur. Um, I don't no, want I anyone. Want, I don't want anyone who's good. No, I don't want too good. If I've only like practiced in my back garden for six months by myself, I don't want to be too good. <laughs> we'll be we'll be doing alley oops over a few beers in no time. Craig. Yes. Right. Let's uh, get to let's get to Scottish football, shall we? Mm-hmm. Right, so we've got just got um, since the two of us, uh, everyone was quite busy this week, uh, partly do with all the season previews we're doing, uh, but a lot of people just seem to be busy on this Monday anyway. So we've just got a lot of questions, we'll try and get through them all, we'll just try and be quick on each one and see if we can get through all these um, in the next 45 minutes, hour at the most. So let's start. So um, I've, I've kind of uh, modelled these on the season previews that we're doing and I'll try and stick one of them up as a kind of Patreon teaser. Uh, on the main feed, on the on the free feed, uh, at some point this this midweek to to entice anybody who may want uh, if they like we listen to, then you know why not kind of join the the Patreon army. But uh, so I've gone with that kind of similar set of questions that we've got for each one of those. But then I've added in a few more at the end that uh, were given to us by Duncan and Joel when we asked the chat if there was any other ones we could use. So let's uh, let's begin with grade for the summer. 
How was the summer in terms of transfer activity, managers, ins and outs, any drama, anything in general? How, what, what grade would you give the summer, Tony? I gave it, I gave it a B, Craig, um, because we didn't have much managerial merry-go-round, but we did have Ross County hire a racist man who says things like falsies. So uh, <laughs> that obviously that that brings that's sort of like that that took care of about three normal manager managerial roles. And uh, just the, the sort of landing on his feet of Malky Mackay strikes again, a man who always tells you that he got shafted. Sort of like sort of like Richard Keyes style. Oh, like I've got shafted, I should never have done it. But everything actually seems to be quite okay for you. I don't really know what the what the big problem is. So yeah, I thought that was good. Uh Lee Griffiths, of course, he brought of a course. bit of, Brought a bit of drama. Um, no, again, it's one of these, you don't, don't really know how to describe what he's done, but morally ambiguous. And it's probably the kindest thing I can say about what he was up to. Could you imagine Lee Griffiths on social media has quite a scattergun approach to uh, to, to, to meet, try to meet women, would be my, would be my <laughs> guess. <laughs> uh, absolute throwing as many darts at the board as possible and just seeing what comes back, man. I have to say, uh, first of all, I've seen the, that emoji used in that way. First of all, I've really seen that emoji used, to be honest. <laughs> well, he's not one for waste. Yeah. He's, he, he finds something for everything. Um, and now he's, he's he's back playing and he got, he's got a new contract. So the fact that it was a new contract, then that was in within matter of, it felt like hours. It was probably a couple of days, but I was, the, all the timing of everything was brilliant because there was enough people pissed off he was getting a new contract anyway. Then that happened. Everyone assumes he's going to get sacked. No, he's not. He's actually on the pitch and now he's being booed roundly by his, uh, by his own support. Oh, that was great. I was there on Saturday in hospitality. I got a free hospitality ticket. Oh, yeah, I saw you. I saw your, I saw your picture with your dad, eh? Uh, yeah, and uh, so I was booed Lee Griffiths. Normally that would out you as a jambo. But I know, I'm in the time. home end of Celtic Park and I'm booed Lee Griffiths and everybody, people around me are joining in. I was like, what <laughs> is this? <laughs> so that's good. Uh, Postacoglu coming in. Yeah. Because um, that's left field. Uh, I thought that was fun. And uh, I really enjoyed when you were on talking with those Aussie boys on the radio. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Those guys sounded great. I wish get them involved, get them to do a podcast with us about Postacoglu again because they were the most um, sort of positive people I think I've ever heard in my entire life. The way they, the way they were describing you, they were bumming you up like nobody's business. I, like, no one talks about Craig like this in his friendship group anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or in Scottish football uh, media. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the everyone hates us. <laughs> so it was. Uh, so that was. Uh, so that was really. That was good. That was good fun for that. So and sign-ins have been quite low for for Scottish football standards. I would say that might be something to do. Obviously, with the Euros, that might change. And obviously, I imagine financial hits. Like for Hearts, for example, this has been as quiet as I've ever seen it for for my entire life. The Hearts normally do an entire. 20-man squad every single season in and out. So that's been quite calm. But there's been some interesting moves, I say. Um, because Celtic, again, they're st- they, since they went left field to the manager, he's went a bit left field to some of the signings, so that's quite good fun. Uh, St Mirren, bringing in guys that we all know. So it'll be interesting. We can really, like I've done the talking about the Patreon, I've done one with Duncan at the weekend and, that was really quite good fun because we know everyone, so you could really picture how it was all gonna gonna fit together. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a B, Craig. I'll give it a B. I think that's fine. Uh, I give it a B minus, but I forgot about the Griffiths 
uh, goings on. So I'm not, I'm not up to a B then. Um, plus, we've got the COVID, the COVID stuff that gives it an extra oh, bit of spice. We, we also didn't mention uh, Dundee Wright, he did tab courts as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's bonkers. Uh, so I've, I've got it down here when we come to another question to talk about that. So, yeah, that's absolutely bonkers. Uh, if we want to include the entire summer and uh, open it up a wee bit further, we should probably give it an A+, because it was a very good Euros and England lost in the final on penalties. Unfortunately, we were shit though as well. So uh, yeah, we, we did get we did get we did get a wee moment at Wembley, I suppose. But really, overall, it was disappointing. Took took about three hours of football for us to score a goal. So that was a bit annoying. <laughs> really, when you look back, I mean, you're you're, you're when you look, but when you're doing it at the time and you're analysing, you don't think about it. But then look back, like that oh, is annoying. Going to the pub all that time, the excitement building, they didn't even get to celebrate for fucking ages. Uh, <laughs> nearly, what was it? Two and a half games of football. Um, so that was a bit. So yeah, that was like yeah. We're talking about the summer in general. Yeah, the Euros was absolutely fucking brilliant. It's the best tournament I think I can ever remember watching. So if we're including that, then uh, then great. But and the, and the COVID stuff adds a bit of spice. Just people getting lobbed three 0 wins. Just you pick up the paper one day. All oh, right, they've won three 0 Right. Oh, they've qualified off the back of that. Right. Great. Hearts Hearts are playing Celtic now because of that. This is good. <laughs> can get can get on board with this. Ah, <laughs> uh, came on A plus, brilliant. Hearts got shafted. So. Like every other summer. Right. Uh, signing you're ready to fall in love with. Oh, Chris Muller. Has to be. I know he might not come in until January, but I've absolutely went from this guy is just, in terms of just a, the kind of footballer to come in and play Scottish football, never mind Hibs. It's just one of those ones that reading about um, his background, what he does, it's just going to be, it's really hard for me to fathom, picture him playing at like Dens or going away play Cove in the cup or something like that so I'm just really excited obviously it's a it looks like it's a coup for Hibs the way people are talking but then as the story unraveled you're like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> um, <laughs> you start looking through his social media and all that and then he's wrote a book and he's as I, as I said before he's it's like he's about to he sounds, he sounds like a pyramid salesman I feel like he's just about to break he's going to be our very own protein shake seller in Scottish football it's that book you've sent me that we're going to do a podcast on, man, you can just open a page and it's just there's just a quote in every single page that's in black. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow's yet to come. All we have is today. Let us begin. Mother Teresa. Just every page. Just open up anything. Ordinary people have ordinary people have big TVs. Extraordinary people have big libraries. Robin Sharma. Just, any, any page. Just literally random. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just that little extra. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> It just changes ugly in the beginning, messy in the middle, and beautiful in the end. Better daily awareness yields better daily choices, which creates better daily results. Robin Sharma again likes him, likes him. Um, so it's just like every single page, and so that's for a man like me, a man to make for me a man making a self help book at twenty four years old is, is is bold to to say the least. And for a guy like me who's doesn't really push himself too much. Um, and <laughs> and uh, maybe in some ways, but not in others, uh, but certainly not in a physical manner. <laughs> he, uh, this is like, it's going to be almost unreadable for me. <laughs> or either that or halfway through, I'll be changed. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if that's entirely fair. I'm sure you, there are many times, at least once a week, I would say, when you put your body through a lot. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. So maybe me, maybe we just do it in different ways, man. Um, but yeah, so I think that I'm just excited to have a guy like this come in because I'm—he's obviously going to be vocal, and it's going to be so weird in a Scottish football context to have a guy 
like that who speaks in this manner, who is very confident in himself, because it's basically just the antithesis of who we are as sort of like a society and a country here. So having him just sort of bombed right in, I think it's going to be a right good laugh. And he, and he might be good. Uh, I'm hopeful, well, certainly hope he's good. So all that together, how can you not fall in love with that? It's going to be box office. I think he's going to be good. He looks somebody who's like very good. He's a wide player, but he's somebody who makes, he's a modern kind of wide player. He makes his money going inside and trying to score goals. And mm-hmm. he's got a very, from what I've watched him, he's got a very good shot on him. I think he's going to be a, a very good player. I think um, uh, Lyle, is it Lyle Abada, uh, the Celtic, mm-hmm. the Israeli boy, he's, he looks like somebody I think will be quite exciting to watch as well. I'm going to go for a very left field choice because why the hell not? Uh, so I'm going, going for David Cancola, who's uh, signed for Ross County. Uh, he is a combative central midfielder. Something that I think County actually missed a bit last season, where the kind of the midfield was often made up of three wee guys quite a lot of the time. Like they would have Stephen Kelly, um, Harry Payton, and like Charlie Lacken or something in the same mm-hmm. midfield. Uh, now they've got a guy who's a bit more, kind of a wee bit. It's not huge. It's not like Ross Draper or anything, but he's got a bit more stature than than those guys I mentioned. And he likes to he likes to get involved, gets to get in the faces of opponents, and he's got a very good range of passing as well. So not only somebody that's quite good in terms of the kind of hacky Madoffin style, uh, messing things up for the opposition, but also the fact that he can play a bit as well. And the kicker is that he's got long hair. Something you're always very fond of. <laughs> I know you were you're always a huge Jackson Irvin fan. Uh, yes. As just as he running through the, I, I like a long hair central midfielder, box to box, um, sort of like a gazelle up and down the park. That could be good. The wind blowing through their hair, um, so yeah, I can see why. Can see why he went from it. Right, uh, signing you're not sure about, or or you just think it's going to be pish. I've um, used something from the St Mirren podcast because what I said there is I thought this is the the archetype unsure of signing and it was the one that I said was the easiest one probably of that whole thing so I thought I'd bring it here again Alan Power um, off the back of last season and the style of midfielders um, they have at St Mirren I've been thinking that Alan Power be going in to be a sort of defensive midfielder but really he was a really proactive player before it was always about uh, pressing getting people's faces combative he was very involved and now with his legs seemingly going, although I did say, we said all this about Marvin Bartley, his last season at Livingston, uh, sorry, his last season at Hibs, and he totally threw that back in everyone's face until he got put left wing in a cup final. Um, and so then, uh, so he was back. So Alan Power, so I'm thinking they're going to want to make him sort of like a deep lion sort of guy and maybe try and play through him. I don't know if his passing's really good enough to be like that. And you have to be really disciplined. And sort of Craig Anderson always told me that Obviously, he would watch them very regularly. That, as I said, he, he likes to go at it. He doesn't. He doesn't want to stand still. He wants to be involved all the time, and he doesn't want to necessarily hold a position all the time. So, if they want him to be disciplined, it's like going against his entire career. And I'm not sure that's going to work. But I said, I'll put the caveat of Marvin. I said we said I, I sat here and said Marvin Bartley was so far gone. The last game I saw him play for Hibs against Aberdeen, and then he was, and he was brilliant. So. Right for the preview shows, I've, I'm not going to go on these too long because I've, I've talked about them already. So you can you can give us money if you want to listen to but these. Uh, Bruce Anderson, I said to Livy, I, I'm not. I thought he was great uh, as you did, and a lot of us did going into Aki's last year. But I did wonder whether he, he'd kind of tailed off towards the end of the season and then he kind of struggled with a kind of big guy beside him. And if he's going to Livy, he's likely going to be the one guy up front. So is he going to be able to kind of do the similar job? I'm not too sure. And he's he's goal scoring. 
still could be a bit better. Uh, Ian Lawler at Dundee, because I've watched him and he looks terrible. He's uh, a goalkeeper who looks completely terrified of crosses, which can't be a good thing. And uh, also anybody that Motherwell have signed, really, because they've just looked absolutely guff during, oh. uh, during the Premier Sports Cup in pre-season. So that's, uh, you've got to be a bit unsure about them. But I've gone for... Um, a guys that I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about. I'm not. I'm not going to say that I think they'll have bad, uh, bad careers in Scottish football or not. But it's just, it's just the kind of the, the, the kind of makeup of players they are and the clubs they're going to be playing for, and whether it's a perfect fit. And so there's one for each of the old firm. So I've got uh, Kijogo uh, Furuhashi, Furuhashi, and Fashion Sakala. Uh, so that's the Celtic Japanese striker and the Rangers striker they got from Ustendi in Belgium. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that both of them are kind of smaller guys with pace who make a lot of their living running in behind. And when you play for Celtic or Rangers, not a lot of space to run in behind in Scottish football. In fact, a lot of the time, there is none. And another team will literally just camp in their own box for just about the entire game. And you need to kind of pick the lock more than run away from people. And so I wonder whether they will... And also as well, it's... It's always like a bit of a kind of gamble. It's like, oh, every time is a gamble, obviously. But you do players without any experience in British football, bringing them over, it's a bit more of a gamble, especially when you are Celtic Rangers and not many players get a kind of good bedding in period. It's kind of almost hard to think of somebody who comes in has been a bit rubbish to start with and eventually kind of comes good because there's just so much pressure on them. And if they don't hit the ground running, then their confidence could dip. Having looked at both of them, I could st- I could still see it working. I think to, to be able to offset uh, the fact that they're maybe not going to give as much space to run behind as we normally like, you kind of have to look at their technical abilities. I think uh, Furuhashi is, in particular certainly has the technical abilities to do that. So I think all things being equal, I would fancy him to make a bigger success of it than Sakala. However, Sakala's joining Rangers. We know that Rangers are led by a very good manager. The everything with the exception of maybe their finances a little, which they hope to rectify by signing a, uh, selling a couple of players on this summer. Uh, everything about them seems to be running pretty well at the moment, whereas Celtic are, a, a, well, they're an ongoing shambles, really, aren't they? So yeah. <laughs> you'd have to imagine that if things are going to go spectacularly wrong for one of them, it's, it's likely it'll be the Celtic guy, the Rangers guy. But I do I do think there's got something about them, but it's just not quite sure, not 100% sold yet. I think the Sakala one's quite interesting as well, because for all accounts, um, he plays better in the front too. So I'm quite, and now Rangers are really stocked on strikers since Morelos has it still hasn't left. And is that alluding to that they may be evolving into a team that plays with, with two strikers? Um, he had Rufi Morelos on the pitch at, at, at fairly fairly frequently last season. So um, it is really interesting to see who gets sick because they are starting to look top heavy. So a lot of people, there's a lot of guys up there um, and a lot of guys who are probably on big wages or have a bit of background who aren't even expecting to be sitting on the bench in the in the Scottish Premiership. You're starting thinking about guys like Hadji. How far are you dropping down the, the pecking order? Uh, are they going to be selling Kent? So that, that that never seems to go away. That uh, Beasler seems to be a really big fan and, and, and he seems interested. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Sakali got, got a goal against uh, Real Madrid as well. And, uh, so not everyone's seen, not that. It's very exciting. Um, and Europe, we always have to think about that because um, there will be more space in European games for Rangers to exploit. And with the, how far Rangers have been getting in Europe in recent times, that's a hell of a lot of games. So even if he's only played some in the Premiership and playing them all in the 
in the in the in Europe, you'll still be clocking up twenty five starts probably if you if you if, if you've done that, and then you'd have various subs appearances, and that's not that's not going to be a problem because um, they'll need to rotate. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think I think it could still work. Uh, Bruce Anderson, quite quite funny. You should say that because I've got Bruce Anderson on my list for that next question, Craig. All right, okay, we'll get to the next one then. The biggest dark horse. So this is a it can either be a signing or somebody already at a club who you just think will kind of break through the season and, and make a big name for themselves. This one you might say isn't allowed, but I still thought there was room for it because there's so much doubt about him. And I, I've went for Ryan Porteous to go on and have the the season that. So I've got a feeling he's staying now, just the way he talks and the way the club's talked and this sort of bid seem to sort of calm down a bit. And I really do think another year at Hibs is what Ryan Porteous needs. And I think this is the season where he puts everything to bed that there is absolutely no doubt that he's a top player. When I was there last week, he was so vocal. Uh, and that's obviously he's playing beside his captain and, and Paul Hanlon and Ryan Porteous was screaming at players getting back. And I mean, everyone in the back four, he's screaming at Paul McGinn, Paul Hanlon and Louis Stevenson. So talking about that's, a, that's like over well over a combined age of 90 and he's what, 21? So that, that shows he's feels, he feels he's one of the main men at, at the club and he was really good. And I know that's playing against amateur teams, but he was, he, I, I don't know the stats, but I felt like he I was on the ball all the time. Uh, carrying it out and, and playing passes and winning a lot so I really think that and I know you're fully on my side here Craig but I really think he's the one he's, he's really going to put it to bed those those mistakes will become less and less and I, mean, I would like to believe that Tony unfortunately I was at uh, I was at Starks Park for even Davidson's testimonial Ryan Purchase was very fortunate not to give away two goals with, oh, <laughs> with no. daft mistakes <laughs> I was I, I was meant to be going to that as well and I couldn't because I forgot I was meant to be I was going away with Mandy's mum and dad but because uh, I was going to go with Sean, like you. All right, that's that's not what I wanted to hear, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, maybe got the right system early. Yeah, maybe. Nah, he, he, last season he made about three direct. Uh, his biggest problem he doesn't like balls over the top of them. That's that's I think the Hibs defence in general is pretty strong, but balls over the top of Hanlon and Porteous does seem to be the things that simple goals are the goals you score against Hibs. Funnily enough, uh, and if I was a team playing against Hibs who will be a much stronger outfit than most teams that they play next season, I would just be going back to front because I think that's where you would get the most joy. I went for Jet as well, Craig. You know, I've been, yeah, I thought he was getting better and better. And I like to say Dark Horse because Jet is a guy that at the start, I said, was the worst football player I'd ever seen play football when he played against Rangers um, on, on his debut because I, I covered that for a podcast that we'd done. And it, I was actually embarrassed watching how cumbersome slow and how little he was putting in. Helander had possibly the easiest day. I was like, surely even just throw yourself into him. You're absolutely huge. And Helander would just step away from him and then just get in time to just chest the ball down. He was never even challenged. And I was like, this is a shambles. But um, he's getting a run on the team. He's got fitter and fitter and fitter. And as you were saying, when you watched him in Europe, the intelligence levels are there. He's looking sharp. He's always, he's never going to be quick. He's always going to be slow on the turn. And I think Livingston done, I think, the manager done him pretty well there. He played them out wide. He played them different positions. And it seems to have really let us see a range of his abilities. And now at Aberdeen, the way you were describing it, it was all starting to make a little bit of sense. So I can see Jet having a really good season. And Bruce Anderson, I actually think that Livingston's almost the the way he's playing at Hamilton, which was um, he was he was up there. 
I suppose he did have the big guy beside him for, for large periods where he was at his best. And then he would have, oh God, I forgot his name, just signed for Ross County. Um, the midfielder, Ross Callahan. You'd yeah. have Ross Callahan in, in, in behind him. But sometimes he was linking so well with Callahan, and I've got the feeling that he might be able to do that similarly with, with someone like Pittman or Forrest. And he's, he was so hard working. His touch was, was great during periods. And that's all the things that Livingston like in their striker with Robinson. Robinson was some of that, and, and that all worked really, really well. And I've got a feeling that that could be the same for 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 a big Brucey bonus. <laughs> right, I've got um, I've got an Aberdeen player. I've got Calvin Ramsey, uh, the right back, who uh, I think only came off came off the bench, or he made four appearances towards the end of last season. I think he maybe came off the bench in the majority of them. He, uh, he looked really good against uh, Hacken in the Europa League victory and somebody that looks like he's got a lot of kind of attacking talent going for him. He, he took a lot of the set pieces. In fact, uh, Aberdeen scored for one of them. Andy Considine had that at the back post. He also was getting forward very well, was quite a threat. And if Aberdeen are going to be playing this expansive style, then they want a right back to do those type of things. Now, they may still go out and buy one, uh, but I think Stephen Glass has kind of said that he's there's not really too many players that they're looking to, to bring in between now and the summer. They've already signed, I think, uh, seven or even more than seven. I'll get, you, I'll get you here. Uh, I'm on Neri's toe one, poker, of two, course. Three, four, five, six, seven. Seven so far. So you think they've got to add a couple more. So if they don't add another right back, uh, then you'd think he's going to be given a chance to, to make that jersey his own. He's probably going to get that chance before somebody else comes in anyway. And they'll be wanting pace out wide in an yeah. attacking sense, I think, before they'll be looking. And if they're only, going to, if they're only getting one more guy, they'll have to be that. Over and Ramsey's a right back, Craig, a Scottish right back. Yes, coming through. I mean, it's what finally, we finally, yeah, we've got Patterson in now. That's I don't really want a forward, but yeah. <laughs> one step at a bloody time, Craig. Um, but yeah, it'd be good, like Patterson and him coming through and looking like they can they can hold and be not just hold their own, actually look like they can be really good and big players, and that'd be absolutely great. And the other name I've got, this will be more of a bounce back uh, rather than somebody kind of coming out of absolutely nowhere. But I don't, I've not really heard anybody talking about him as being excited by him this season. Callum Hendry going back to St. Johnson. Very poor campaign last year while he was still at Saints. Went to Aberdeen. Wasn't brilliant, but it was the best of the three signs they made in January uh, over Florine Canberry and Fraser Hornby. And in, in one way, not hard because both of them were terrible, but in another way, you know, quite hard because he looked like the he was looked upon almost as a consolation prize when Aberdeen bought the, the three guys in. So he done a decent enough job. I think he rebuilt a wee bit of his confidence. Uh, if he goes back to St. Johnson, if he can play like he was supposed to play at the start of last season with St. Johnson's kind of improved side as well around him, then he could have, I mean, he looked poised to have a breakout year last year after he's very good at ending to the... 2019-20 season and it just didn't happen for him so maybe just having gone away for a year or well gone away for half a season managed to get a wee bit of that feeling again scored a, scored a few goals then he could come in and hit the ground running there's no there's no reason why it's, it's an aerial threat that he shouldn't do well at a team like St Johnston and that was the other thing that was frustrating is because St Johnston were playing to his strengths at the, at, the, at the start of last season they were putting in tons of crosses and he just wasn't doing it so it was like mm, that's really frust- must have been really frustrating for Davidson because it clearly set up to do that and you've got guys at Wotherspoon last season you had Tanza and then Wotherspoon in there there's a and that's a, there's a decent amount of good deliveries that he should be able to take advantage of and that's not changed I mean they're probably going to lose Rooney but if they kept Rooney um, imagine you've got 
like Booth and Wotherspoon whipping and crosses and you've got Big Hendry and Big Rooney coming in at the back stick, that could be uh, an absolute handful for, for defences to, to deal with. And by the sounds of things, it looks like Greg Stewart's going to be joining St Johnston now as well. Mm-hmm. Which right, I think is interesting. I think he may work in that tight three yeah. and forward. Yeah, no, you would certainly like to see it. Um, I'd like to see Greg Stewart back to doing Greg Stewart things other than sitting on his ass at Rangers or being terrible at Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, because the they, they don't really, whether everyone's quite inverted or they play with two forwards and one in behind and stuff like that. So he would be playing in that central role. Smart move for him. Anton Johnson are just very good at making players who are doing shit elsewhere good. So I think it would be, I think it'd be smart move from him. Right, who do you think will be the biggest miss for the league? Somebody who's left Scottish football or left the, the top flight at least. The Hakim Adolphin was the yeah. one. And I've got and I was hoping that that wouldn't be the case and he'd be coming back to Hibs, but the more and more I'm reading, it sounds more and more like he's going to be going back down south. And he is English and that's where he played. And there is more money down there. So I'm not going to get too worked up about it. And I don't see if Hibs are the main team that's after him in the top flight, I don't see them pushing the boat out too much money-wise. I think they were willing to spend, but Hibs are, it's not like they're, they're, they're really lacking in central areas. Yeah. With numbers, they've still got Kyle McGinnis to, he, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be getting at least a, a pretty decent run at it this season. They have been a dark horse. He looked not bad when he came on. Again, it was only putting a bunch of, bloody, literally, it was an Andorran farmer playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> um, but um, he was taking loads of the set pieces, and that looked and, and he created about three good chances for set pieces. And see the confidence in him went up. It's a huge season for him, to be honest. If it doesn't happen here, I think he's really on a hide. Nothing. He's going to end up getting punted out alone and just getting really good money for Hibs for four years. I've got. Um, I've actually got Jackson Oven as big miss. Aye, big big Jacko. He's he's good for. Because the thing is, he would he looked like he was going to do better. You would think he was going to go on and do better. So he wasn't brilliant last season. He'd done it in flashes. Uh, and he was, he was still a really impactful player, even when not playing at his best. Which kind of funny, because when you first signed him, you were kind of really concerned that he'd be unfit and rubbish to start with, and then he'd get good towards the start of the season and then leave. He actually kind of done the opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he came in and it was really good while he was like unfit. And then the more fit he got, the worse he seemed to get. So Yeah, and he couldn't shoot to save himself. Uh, and that got really annoying after a while. Uh, but it's sad to see him go again because he's just a player we like. He's a podcast favourite. Yeah, uh, I've also got Chris. I've got Chris Iyer as well because not to be too boring, but I always like watching Iyer's kind of roaming, like mm. roaming out for defence with the ball. I always think that's quite exciting for a for a certain half to do. And also, unlike a lot of the other guys in the chat, I like the fact that he celebrated the tackles. I'm 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 a fan of it. I like yeah. I, I like seeing emotional players. Full stop. In any way, uh, goalkeepers when they go mental, when they save just a shot. And they, they celebrate like a goal. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind it. It just looks silly. It's cause it's all about context. <laughs> That's the problem for Ayers because he was doing quite shit, and they didn't win. And he's celebrating tackles. You know, it's like when you put it in context, and I, I can see why people would uh, would criticise him in it. But I but all in centre halves are are really really good fun. And uh, finally, and, uh, I wondered whether this was going to. I wonder whether you were going to make this joke first. But I'll make it. Shane Duffy. No, well, it's there. Somebody like him is a miss to the league because we do like, we do very much enjoy when a when a player comes up from England and they have a big reputation, and all the English media start bumping their gums about how how it's a fucking shite move for them because like they're, they're not going to get tested as much 
or they'll say they'll go up there and they'll stroll it for, for Duffy's sake, he'll stroll it, or if it's a striker, he'll score 50 goals or blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know what I mean? Rip it up. And it doesn't happen. And, and it's even better when they're rubbish. And he and we all rubbish. get to unite. We get to unite together behind this. If there's nothing that brings Scottish football together more than, yeah. than that simple thing, really. And, uh, our only candidate so far, I think, is... Uh, John Lundstrom at uh, Rangers. So let's let's hope he's rubbish. Let's hope he's really bad. <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he's really replaced in that Zungu, so I think he's going to be better than him. Unless, <laughs> 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 well, unless, he, unless he likes to play Monopoly with the Bairns. <laughs> <With Bairns. laughs> One of the weirdest things I've ever heard. That didn't happen for a start, but it was funny. It's a funny claim. Right. Uh, were the team ready to break out with a better than expected season? I found this really hard. Yeah, this is hard. Because I think a lot of the teams that we think are going to be shite are going to be shite. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of them. Um, I think there's only... I think only St Mirren could maybe do slightly better. Yeah, St Mirren's the only team I had written down. I think St Mirren... I think everything's breaking right for St Mirren, and that'll include holding on to McGrath for mm. the entire season. Uh, not missing Doyle Hayes as much. Uh, but you kind of look at their squad and you think... if. If a couple of teams struggle in the top six that are supposed to do well, top five isn't out of the realms of possibility for St Mirren this season. Yeah, because they've got the flip side. As if we, St Johnson need to get to the end of August before I'll be really able to tell you how well yeah. they're going to do. I need to see how many of their players... Same with Hibs they, as well. Yeah, hold on to. Uh, yeah, because I mean, if, if you get to the point Hibs haven't replaced and suddenly Boyle, Nisbet and, and Porteous or something all left, Hibs could be absolutely quids in, but no time. Yeah. So I think Hibs might do, I think Hibs will probably be quite forceful with clubs now and they'll be, you'll be reading things when players, like deadlines are being set. You know, you've got to the end of the week. I think that's how they're going to start playing this. I've got faith in Hibs as a club that they will have irons in the fire for players to replace. Everything does seem to happen quite quickly, but that, 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 things can still go wrong when you're doing that as football. It's, there's no guarantees. There's so many moving parts. But yes, St Mirren's the only one. I went into great detail about it on the Patreon. So if you want to hear my real views on why St Mirren are going to be good this season, listen to that. But yeah, they're, um, they, I think they've got, and Goodwin being a big part of that, He's this will be the first time he's ever had a proper pre-season and he's already improved them dramatically with lots of mitigating circumstances in the other close seasons, either coming in really late and having no time or dealing with the COVID and you're only your first ever pre-season as a, as a, as a manager, you know, and then, so now I can, and they've only went like that and they could have another big cup run and he's tactically astute, which really lends itself in knockout competitions, I think. So we can see the Simmerin going far. Right. Who is, sorry, next question. Will a team be cut adrift at the bottom? No, I think there's enough shit in this league. That <laughs> There'll be a proper, proper relegation. But I actually think there could be a good four clubs involved. I'm really interested to see Livingston because they were so shit after being so good. And if that's going to change, I'm not sure. Um, it's not look, Motherwell really don't look good. And they're, they're a team I watched. I watched them against Queen's Park. And Queen's Park hammered them. They got beat 1-0, but they were. it wasn't just... They were all over them and playing like sort of intricate passing moves around them. They were wiping the floor with Motherwell. And then you've got, and then I'm just not, no faith in, in like when I'm watching Ricky Lamy, he looks about 10 years off it uh, in, in that game. And he wasn't great when he was there last season. Graham was there and I was watching him and he was just, he was calamity. Uh, he just looked all over the place. 
And Graham made a good point. He's like, I don't even know how good he was at Livingston. <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then and Dundee United under, under courts. I mean, that could work, but it's given, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person, you've said it before, I'm sure people who listen to this all over will be saying you're getting big Cathro vibes from him. Yes. Uh, and it just, he's never anywhere near managed at this level. And it always, it just screams cheap option. And I'm also worried about Dundee United selling off a couple of crown jewels at the end and replacing them with lower league players. I've got that real vibe that that's what they might do. I think if if Nisbet leaves, I really do think Hibs will go straight for Shanklin because I reckon they could, if they sold him for 4 million or something like that, Hibs could probably go in and offer them 300k and I think they would take it. Um, now, if, if he's in the last year of his contract, I can really, I've got that picture in my head of that exactly, exactly happening. And if they were to lose, if Fuchs was to get injured or something like that, you'd start to really, really worry uh, about Dundee United. They just don't have any good, just don't have many good players. And now they've got a really, so manager that's a bit, seems a bit nothing. I'm being a bit rude, but he doesn't, you know, he's giving you the big PE teacher vibes when he's talking. He doesn't really seem to have any, um, no oomph when he talks. He doesn't, he doesn't come across as inspiring. And I think when you've got a team where you're going to need to really pull out of them, I worry that he's not going to be the man. Because the manager last season, he had a bit of that. He had, he had a bit of swagger and confidence. He, didn't give a sh- he really didn't seem to give a shit what people thought about him. He was happy to do whatever he, what he thought to get there. And I don't, he's not going to get any time. Because the minute it starts yeah. going wrong, they're, they're going to, the, the knives are going to be out. So I worry yeah. about both of them. Yeah, Ross County as well, you'd have to be worried about a bit as well. Uh, not how much a pre-season as well because of the other COVID problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been looking at it here. I mean, there's not a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys you're going to go, how the hell did they get? How the hell did they let him go? I mean, maybe Jason Naismith would have really kind of looked to sign, but everybody else, kind of guys who are, eh, last season. So it's not a big deal that they left, but they've just not replaced them enough and the season's about to start. So they've got, so you're talking about, Nine or ten first team players for last year, uh-huh. regular in the, in the match day squad. They're all away, and they've only brought in five players so far. And talking about Marky McKay, like the thing about it is that it's kind of like what we're talking about before when it comes to like, like for Clyde signing like David Goodwill. We were like trying to like uh, compare it to other stuff like Edinburgh City. Like, like we talked about this in the podcast before, like Edinburgh City signing like Craig Thompson kind of thing. Why? Why bother doing that? Like, why bother bringing somebody in that's going to like split your fan base or, or make a lot of the fans unhappy? And it's like if you're going to do that, if you're going to put kind of morals to the side, which football clubs do often, to be fair. But if you're going to do it, at least do it for somebody that's definitely worth it. <laughs> yeah. You, you would think, oh, so that's where the kind of David Goodwillie uh, Clyde comparison comes in. You would rather, as a Clyde fan, as a, as a decent uh, human being Clyde fan, you would rather a club didn't sign him. Uh, but if you're going to, like I say, if you're going to put your morals to the side, you, it makes more sense. It's not I'm not saying it's defensible, I'm just saying it makes more sense to do it. With County and Malcolm Mackay, on paper, you think, okay, well, maybe this does make sense because he's managed at a higher level um, and blah, 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 he might not be in the situation if he hadn't done what he did, etc., etc. However, people always forget that he had another job after he left Cardiff with mm. Wigan, where he was rubbish and got sacked for being rubbish. He didn't get sacked for the tech stuff. He got sacked because he was shit. And that was in 2013. He's not had a managerial job in eight years of any kind of note. He was manager of Scotland for one game. And otherwise, he's been doing the, he'd done the, that SFA job that was always 
uh, ridiculous to start with. What, the fake job they just made up to give them money. Yeah. <laughs> the job existed already. But pointless <laughs> give it to him. It yeah. was so clear because it was like when the job was first created, there was the as soon as the job was created, there was a recommendation that the man in charge of this job had to be in the job for ten years. I think they've now had four different men in charge of this job. <laughs> but it was so clear that Malky McKay wasn't going to be the guy for those 10 years because it was so clear he was just doing it to keep his name out there while he got a, a managerial job. And, Trying to retain uh, his reputation. Yeah, and now he's uh, now he's got one. I mean, he'd already left anyway, but now he's got one with Ross County. And I just think, I mean, we all assumed that Owen Coyle was going to be good when he uh, turned up at Ross County because he had managed at a higher level and done you know fairly successfully and managed at a higher level even than Malky McKay. I don't think... Try to think, but I don't think Mackay ever managed an no. longest top flight. Nah, Coyle did, I. He done all right, I think. Well, he died done initially with, with Burnley. Yeah. So, and he was terrible at county. So I'm not even sure Malky Mackay is going to be. There's no, there's no really concrete evidence that Malky Mackay is going to be a good manager for Ross County. So I could see it, a, and you could you could picture him walking if it starts going wrong. Aye, fast. And if annoyed, they're throwing the toys bro. out, throwing the toys at the pram, blaming everything else around them as he goes. I can. And there's there are things as well, like kind of. The fact that the, the fans the the fans really weren't listened to when he was first kind of when it first kind of emerged, he was the kind of leading candidate, and also as well the fans were lied to about the John Hughes situation. County said that Hughes uh, basically said that Hughes had turned it down uh, when that wasn't the case at all. Hughes wanted to stay, and it was them that decided to go in a different uh, direction. And County kind of see themselves paint themselves as a community club. And it's just kind of, there's a lot of stink around there at the moment. And usually when that kind of stuff tends to happen, even though it, might not, it shouldn't necessarily impact what happens on the pitch, those two things can be completely different. But you quite often see it where fans will say, after the season's done, after a team has been relegated, that the writing was on the wall before even a ball was kicked. And I've just kind of got that feeling about County this year. So if, right. anybody, if anybody's going to get cut adrift, in my opinion, it's going to be them. Okay. But okay. might not necessarily. They might finish like easily. They might still struggle and finish ninth because, as you say, there's a bit, there's a good few contenders for being hopeless this this campaign. Yeah, you've got Ross County, Dundee United, Motherwell, Dundee maybe as well. Dundee maybe. I mean, we still have no idea about Hearts, for example. I think Hearts will either be top four or terrible. I <laughs> just they've done. They've, as I said, they've done so. They've done so little. Is it just Cochrane that's really came in? Who they yeah, and he looks four. okay. I guess. <laughs> and you're looking at him as backup, really. So I mean, yeah. it is literally just the team that he's had. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm sure Hearts will still make another cup sign or two. And the young boy in midfield, by all accounts, is getting rave reviews. I, I, think, I actually think Hearts want to sign about another five or six players. It's just that the, the, the guys that they want to bring in, it's taken a, a lot longer than they would, they would like. Uh, it's getting to the point now where you're kind of like, mm, maybe move on to some other targets. <laughs> yeah, we're getting, it's, it's, it's time, actually. It's, it's, it's starting. <laughs> Um, right, what we got next, Craig? Right, we've next we've got uh, Manager of the Year. Ah, Jim Goodwin, for obvious reasons, based on the St. punching above what people would expect. Stephen Gerrard, he's quite popular, as well as anything else. He's a he's really popular manager, and I think Rangers have enough of a head start on Celtic that they would be really strong favourites to, to win the league. And if they do that, that obviously puts you in good contention and just when being such a big name I'm not saying he didn't deserve it but when being such a big name he's, he's always easily people, people football writers want to meet him for example so if you put it in like that's what I, I really do believe that that does matter uh, your profile does matter for those for those types of awards um, so and then outside of that maybe 
then you're looking at if Ross was to manage to get over his um, the sort of these cup final and cup semi-finals and Hibs were to win a tournament, he would be in for a shout. And yeah, it's it, kind of that's kind of hard thing, isn't it? It's like a lot of these guys. It's like if they win a tournament kind of thing. Mm. There's no really any kind of standouts as far as I can see from outside the... Well, that's kind of hard thing about picking it, is that someday we'd have to do something that none of us expected. Yeah. So like James McPake gets Dundee to fifth or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Or, or Stephen Glass turns like Aberdeen and not like well, into a really, 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 really enjoyable team to watch. Yeah, that's one push. I was going to suggest It's maybe a bit more kind of uh, something that would be easier to predict and a bit more likely is if Aberdeen, even if they just finish third, say they finish third and get to a cup final. Uh, and they're good and they're fun no, to watch. And Rangers, and Rangers win the title but not by a lot, like they finish on 85 points or something, so it's like whatever, like 17 points less than last season, kind of thing. They lose, so not, they lose three games or something, it's not aye, so it's not looked upon it as that great a season, mm. and maybe they don't win the treble again, maybe they'll only win a double, maybe they'll only win the league again. Like, then Gerard's probably not going to get it, and then you're kind of looking around who else, but yeah, if, if Glass manages to get Aberdeen, so getting Aberdeen back at the third wouldn't be the biggest of achievements, but doing so playing a really attractive, attacking brand of football that everybody loves to watch, that's something that I could see happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, who's got the furthest in Europe? Rangers. No, he's got there's, Rangers. There's just, there's no, like, they've, even before Gerard got it right in the league, he's been getting it right in Europe. They're really, they're really good in Europe. They keep, it doesn't matter if they're playing at Ibrox or abroad, they always really impress me. And I think I, I was on record on these podcasts when they, when they drew in Portugal against Porto, I was like gobsmacked at how good they were, like how much it, they looked so at home in that. They scored an absolute brilliant goal from the last, and they only drew, and they've, only, they've had better results in Europe than that. But that was when the style really struck me uh, of, of how they play with the triangles to the midfield. It was like watching a proper European side, uh, and that was them going to Portugal against the, one of the best teams in, in Portugal, Porto, huge club, and that happens every single time. And you know, with a bit of luck last season, they could end up in semi-finals or yeah uh, of of the, of the Europa League and. Uh, I know that it took Prague, who had a sorry outrageously good season as well uh, in Europe, to, to knock them out. So yeah, I just find it hard to see Rangers not just continuing because they're now so used to the environment. They'll have Jack back as well, which is huge for the European games. He suits that down the ground, especially if they were to lose lose Kamara. Then you would need Jack for the style that they that they play in Europe. So yeah, I just I just can't see past that. I don't think there's a debate. Right, who, who's who got the single best kick? It'd be home and away or third, and who's got the worst? Um, kits are like the Hibs away strip, the white one with the pinstripes, then Celtic just brought out the exact same one two weeks later, which was really fucking annoying. Um, <laughs> literally like two weeks later, exact same strip, pinstripe. I white. do like the Hibs away one. Hibs away one's good. I don't like your home one. I don't, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I, there's, that's very split, the, the home one. Some people like it. I don't mind them trying things. Apparently, Hibs are bringing a third one out that's going to be controversial. Um, I'm not going to say because I don't think I don't know if I'm allowed to. But I heard a rumor from someone, and it sounds. Oof, well, well, you wait and see. Watch the space. What was it uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's, uh, they've gone out there. They, they've, you know, how they've went with the with the areas on like Edinburgh on the on the strip. Oh yeah, it's another type of thing like that that I've heard. Pubic triangle. Burke and Hare monster <laughs> <laughs> every player gets uh, a free lap dance uh, as a goal bonus uh, no touching Thomas <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, this is how this is how, this is how Chris Muller gets corrupted this is how, <laughs> how 
going to be right. You'll be right. You'll be right. And then his next book will be like a train spotting book about his new life in Edinburgh. Um, <laughs> I, you you didn't like it, but I actually quite like the Hearts Home Kit. No, I don't like I, it. I think Too the sponsor white. works. Sponsor works. The, I don't like the, the, the stripes in the sleeve. It's grown on me a little, but I still don't like the stripes in the sleeve. Because that's a big thing is sometimes that the sponsor, it's not about what the sponsor is, but how the sponsor looks on the strip. Because yeah. some sponsors really want to take over. <laughs> like, like, it's absolutely huge. Um, so certain ones do look good on, on strips. Uh, the hearts, that, that hearts away one, the classic one, not quite what they had before, but yeah. it still looks all right. I think that's a third kit. I think hearts have still released their away kit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, because I went on a site that had them all. That's what I was looking at. Done, both the Dundee strips, I think, are cool. The, the home one and the away one, I think, are all right. Ones I don't like. I don't think there's any absolute shockers. But I, think there's that, some... I think that Livingston home kit is pretty bad. Ah, uh, it's no great. You're right. The Ross County one is boring as sin as well, the home yeah. one. Um, uh, Levy, Levy home is probably my worst. It's just that, it's that fucking, what is that wee patch of... <laughs> it's like it's like a, it's like a cap. It's like somebody's captain's armband has been super glued onto their pit, basically. What is that about? Uh, it's not. It's not the. It's not the best. Like the, the away strips, miles better with the sash. Yeah, go around it. And that that sponsor, as I say, well, that's a sponsor. We'll say, that's we'll say it's a fucking West Clothing Club. Eh, with a sash. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that sponsor, yeah, two line sponsor. Don't like that. Starts <laughs> taking up too much room, and they want their their logo as well. It's big. It's brash. The Motherwell one, the home one, that's boring. I always find a lot of the Motherwell kits are quite boring. I haven't um, one's not very good this year either. Nah, uh, nah, that one's I like St Mirren's. St Mirren's home co- uh, kit is really nice. Very sharp. Very, very nice looking. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yep, so there's our fashion. Um, right, what are you going to miss about New Douglas Park and Rugby Park? And along some of the lines, what are you going to welcome back about Tynecastle and Dens? The purists will be delighted, won't they? The, um, that the Astro Turfs are out. And the in the in the grass pitches. Oh yeah, of are, course, Lovey are the only team now. Uh, the grass pitches are the grass pitches are back, so uh, I'm sure there'll be a few people that are delighted with that. Um, no, and plus we've not been able to go for a while, so it's hard. I'm trying to remember what it was like. New Douglas Park was just a really unique stadium. It was, it was daft, but I quite liked it. Uh, I, I didn't mind going there as well. And there's a good location for the train, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple of decent boozers nearby as well. And if you're supermarket hungry, right there as well. Uh, if you're hungry, you get a fucking you go to the supermarket or get McDonald's. Yeah, so like it's it's decent, and as I say, that's unique with the bus. But what people dislike about it is like some some sort of charm. It changes its name all the time, and they have weird sponsors all the time all around it. Just a uh, this is a bizarre wee football club, really. I'm <laughs> being honest. Uh, rugby, rugby Park's a good stadium. Um, good away section. Mm-hmm. It's a decent, again, another decent location. Only about a 10, 15 minute walk for the train station where it's going through uh, the centre of town in Killy. So there's loads of pubs and restaurants about. So, and it always seemed to be, I don't know why, it always seemed to be sunny whenever I went to Rugby Park. I always, I always found Rugby Park quite grandiose because they, they, when they built it all, it was, when they built it at a time and it was quite modern when they had the hotel and all that. And you're walking up to it, and it's like, like um, so a stadium for like a looks relatively really quite big club. Maybe the stadium's too big for Kilmarnock. It definitely <laughs> yeah. is. It's definitely uh, too big for Kelly. I don't want to be uh, offend anyone. I don't mind Kilmarnock. It's not a club that I dislike it, but I always just see. And it was one of the first ones that had the scoreboards in it. Um, because I remember going after I think it was Alan McLaren had made his debut for Scotland <laughs> and, and he played for in Kilmarnock, and they just had that going constantly on it. Well done in your first cap, and that was like the first time I noticed that there was a scoreboard. So it's like they were, a bit, it was like they were, they, they went modern at the at time they, they when they built the stadium. It, it seemed a real upgrade on other stadiums around. 
Um, so, yeah, it'll be sad to go. Tiny, brilliant news for derbies, for us. Tank Castle's a good stadium, whether people like it or not. It's got its rickety shit. And it's still a weird thing because it's like rickety and shit at bits and then really, really fucking plush at, at others now. And it's got a lot of history, not just football-wise, but off-the-pitch-wise. And even the stand getting built has its own sort of cultural story behind it as well. And you've got your new restaurant in there, which my dad loves. He's a big jambo. He went with my mum. He said it's actually pretty good. Get proper coffees and stuff. He doesn't drink, so he rates stuff like this. Um, and <laughs> um, and obviously, I, I've moved house, so I, I, I can walk to Tyne Castle before a derby so I can get friends over. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm not too fussed about Dense Park coming back to the top flight. It's, uh, to be fair, I've not really been in the way stand much. It's only really the media. It's terrible for the media. It's like one row that stretches along the back of the stand. It's hard to get fucking ports to plug in your laptop. It's hard to get space. Uh, it's a shite it's tight, view. Tight stand. It's tight. It's a shite view because there's fucking pillars in the way. You're, it's weird as well, that stand. It kind of like... It kind of folds in a bit. It's not like straight across. So you're even kind of further away from the park. It's, and it's fucking, you either have to get a, a bus up there, which obviously you're always a bit kind of trepidatious to go on a bus in a, in a city you don't know. It's not like, it's not quite as straightforward. <laughs> yeah, as getting, yeah, you're real. I, yeah, I know. I know I, it's not I quite as straightforward as getting a train, though, is it? Yeah, it's like, no, never, I've never thought about that. That's really true. You know, uh, I never want to get fucking, a bus. I never want to get a, a bus when I'm on holiday, ever. And it's ever. a nightmare of a walk because it's like all the way uphill, all the way. And so. Uh, you're either in summer and you're sweating like fuck because it's hot or you're in winter and you're sweating like fuck because it's freezing but you've got all these layers on and you need to take them off while you're walking up this massive hill. <laughs> you carry them. <laughs> and then once you get to the top and you mellow out again then quickly put them back on before you freeze. So yeah, Dead's Park can piss off. But but Dundee's good for an away day. Yes. And now there's, now there's four. Um, ah, so I, do, there, I, I, do, I do like Dundee. I think it's a bit of a hard time to say. Yeah. Uh, I think it's good and it looks cool I've been wanting to go but obviously lockdown because it's had, it's had loads of improvements and they've done the waterfront and that and it looks it's maybe really nice it's quite fun so uh, quite fancy that we stopped in the pub there that time when we got chucked off the train when it was like the when we went to the football uh, a couple of years back now and that was good fun so yeah I mean and think like I said I can get the boys around now for a big high B breakfast and then walk around to YouTube videos of Hearts games and Dead Rider and scoring goals mainly. Uh, and, and then walk around to, and listen to a Hibs playlist on Spotify that's been made and then walk around to the game. So that that's that's all good fun for me. It's Teenage Kicks on the playlist. It sure is. That was that was under Tony Mowbray. That one I, you know, I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> you can play the one of fucking game. Ah, yeah, it was every, uh, I suppose that, yeah. So, yeah, there'll be, there, there's pros and cons, but I've... The good, the good away days that have, that have been brought up to the... I'm sure other fans will be happy Tynecastle's back. I assume that people like coming to Edinburgh for an away day. It's close to Haymarket Station. Uh, and then obviously you can actually go in, going into town isn't up off limits if you're an away fan. If you come to Easter Road or Tynecastle and I'm sort of a day out in Edinburgh, I assume people can, can enjoy. Right, let's uh, fire through these last three questions because we're running a wee bit over here. Right, mm-hmm. who will be the first team to beat Rangers? Oh, I found this difficult. I found it difficult. It's just an absolute punt. You've not seen anyone play. Uh, but again, just because I was talking about, they're playing St. Mirren away, 23rd of October. I've got exact same, exact same. Yeah. It comes after a cha- either a Champions League yeah. or Europa League game, 10th game of the season. Kind of settled in by then, maybe take their eye off the ball a wee bit. It's mm-hmm. the, it'll be the third game of the group stages as well, so it's a, a, usually a toughie. So yeah, I think that'll be it. Or the, the Dundee game, the Dundee away. 
uh, a, bit of a raucous atmosphere and Charlie Adam scoring a scoring a world day of a free kick or Jason Cummings scoring a, coming off the bench and nodding a wee goal in. Or both bit, enough narrative, enough narrative around that Dundee one that I could see something something happening there. Right, which club will have the biggest meltdown? Oh, it's really hard not to say Celtic or Hearts. <laughs> All I've got written down is Celtic, obviously. Yeah. And like Hearts just because they're a melted down team uh, in Aberdeen. Celtic, now- Celtic will get shafted in their own form game by a referee giving an outrageous decision towards Rangers and there'll be statements flying around left, right and centre. Yeah, here we go. The statement league will be back. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's hard for you not to say Celtic. Postacoglu's he's taken a huge... He's taken what is a huge chance for him, but under really trying circumstances. And with having no background and no credit in the bank, it's... Ugh. And the fact that Lawwell, for some reason, still seems to be just around, despite not being there, that's got all these things. That, like, it's all bubbling under at Celtic. And if they lose, and if they were to lose Edward, then maybe Christie next month, and they don't have it set up to replace them quickly... And the fans were raging enough last season when they weren't even in the fucking stadium to, to protest. So now that they'll be back in the stadium, there's a lot bubbling under there and they're not happy anyway. So yeah, there's, it's hard to not think that they will. And Ross County could have a meltdown. The, exactly what you were talking about, the whole Malky Mackay thing. That's got meltdown right over. Tam Courts at Dundee United, that has melted down on it. The fact that they, I get the feeling they won't sack him and he'll be around even if they're absolutely shit and that'll cause rage. Right, and finally, what's your personal ambition for this season? To get to as many bloody games as possible, Craig. Mine is uh, away days, as many as financially and fiscally possible. I've done, um, I've just got six tickets to Motherwell, the exciting do, day. Do you know why? Do you know how much I'm fu- fucking up for away days again? Is that I was seriously considering messaging you earlier and saying, can you get me a ticket for the Hibs game? Because <laughs> there's like 2,000, t- 2000 eh? We've got six tickets. I was gutted to find out that the Scott Rail are on strike, the, the staff, but Aye, that is uh, as, all, as always, solidarity. I'm, I'm going to put my neck on the line and really assume Scott Rail's not good to work for. Um, and, and so I can see where they're coming for us. I don't want to get pissed off um, with with the guys, even though it's it's, it's frustrating because that was a big away day. You're going, it looks like going to have to drive. A couple of the boys are, are saying they'll drive, but um, I like I like getting the train. I like the yeah. train and stuff like that. But um but yeah, I'm going to try and get to as many. I was talking, you saw me post, I was talking about getting an away season ticket. And next season, I've been speaking to a few people saying that we are going to do it. And then I was like, because we pay it, I know it's expensive. If you do the two of them, it'll probably be about 800 quid. But you pay them monthly. If you're going anyway, you'll make that money back. And then by the time, if you're paid, if you paid like 100 or quid a month, by the time you get to like October, November, it'll all be paid off. And then suddenly you're just—it's not, but you'll feel like you're going to the football for free um, <laughs> for, for fun. So uh, I was really thinking—I really want to immerse myself in it again. Like the, you see, the amount of games that you bump, you can't be arsed, Craig, or you, you yeah. go to the pub instead. I want to stop that because I realise it could all be taken away from me at any time. It could, because uh, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's a bit kind of worried about the vaccine uh, figures not getting hit, and obviously. There's talk as well that there might be a that might need a lockdown this winter just to save everybody for the flu because the flu is going to come back with a vengeance because nobody's been getting the flu because everybody's been wearing face masks and washing their hands constantly and the flu's basically Later. unfortunately it's not died it's just gone for a wee rest and now it's going to come back it's going to come back it's it's going to be well rested it's going to be absolute party time and we're all going to be ill as fuck so there <laughs> might be there might be a lockdown where we can't go to games uh, for like a month during the winter so yeah you need to make the most of it while we've got the opportunity. Uh, 
But got Nick Cave all the sunshine. Yes, exactly. Right, that'll do us. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that return to the terrace. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday where um, Sean and hopefully Craig Telfer will be on. Telfer has just moved flat. He's trying. His broadband is due to get installed on Thursday, but obviously there can be problems with that. So not promising anything for the moment. If not, Andy Harrow has vowed to step up in his place and basically ask Sean. Uh, so it'll be all about the lower leagues. If Telfer's unavailable, probably skip League Two, but we could cover that soon enough. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this. Tori, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Fuller saying goodbye, and it's good to be back. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.